Hello and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I am Lana Fan with Human AI. Welcome, Suresh. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. So you know,、um, from our experience, right? You know, the the industry, it doesn't matter whether you're clinical、um, or medical or commercial, are actively discussing use cases, right? Where right. does generative AI add value for our business? So, in your opinion, right? What are the sort of the low hanging fruit, if you will, the use cases you think would benefit companies in the next、um, six to twelve months? There are multiple uses depending upon the industry. For us, essentially,、um, let's say you have a repetitive task that any organization or any sub department is doing that we're trying to see if that can be automated.、Um, we are also evaluating、um, the the chatbot functionality. Uh, the only challenge、uh, right now is the the data privacy concern or the security concern. That's why we have to take baby step right now. Other than that, we we actually have a like a enterprise wide data analytics system,、uh, which combines a lot of our data, internal and external data. We're trying to put、uh, a large language model on top of it so that. Uh, people can ask question, get their answers instead of asking to to the data analysts or report writers to build standardized dashboard.、Uh, so we are exploring one thing.、Uh, so we are actually a big Tableau shop,、uh, the the Tableau visualization. Yes.、Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have been discussing with them. To, they are actually coming up with their own GPT、uh, in partnership with OpenAI,、uh, which is. Going to play nicely with、uh, their existing architecture.、Um, similar concept、uh, where people can ask question and get、uh, insights right on their fingertip、uh, instead of asking an IT or a data analyst to build a dashboard. So we are evaluating that.、Um, and the good thing they are doing is like they are putting guardrails. Even though they have agreement with OpenAI, they Um, to use their model, they also have agreements to put guardrails where OpenAI cannot use data to train the model or cannot、uh, keep history. So that makes us a little bit easier、um, to to ease those、uh, security concerns.、Um, so yeah, we are we are evaluating that, and if everything goes well, we'll we'll expose that to our、uh, customers and stakeholders. That brings me to our next、um, question, right? You mentioned you have your own internal. You're building your internal platform with these capabilities. Maybe collaborating with big tech, right? Um, I'm um, I'm curious if you look at the ecosystem, right? You have pharma, you have your internal innovation group, internal data science team, and IT, right? You have big tech like the Microsoft and the the Amazons, right? That we all work with, and then you have these innovative companies like Human AI, right? And how do you see this ecosystem playing into kind of the future of incorporating generative AI? And then also the the second part of this question is like really, what is your opinion with like build versus buy? Is it a kind of build and then you it's a, a combo? So love to hear your opinion. It's it's a combination of both, which is like a hybrid approach, right?、Um, sometimes depending upon how much、uh, resources you have, it's not. It's not beneficial from a financial standpoint, or it's not feasible also to to build from scratch.、Um, so why not、um, use something which has already been built by another vendor who has gone through those testing, making sure it's accurate,、um, like what Tableau did, right? Instead of building their own language model, they just tap into OpenAI, right? Right. So, 
yeah we have to think about the benefits you get by using some of this large vendor um and at the same time maybe have resources internally who can fine tune this model and customize it based on the organization need um i think that's the way to go um for most of the companies rather than being making a big investment internally to build the entire team and build from scratch that's great so i'm going to kind of drill down a little deeper in that right so as far as you know startups people doing really new things but then probably does not have the same name recognition or maybe the big tech right and how do you see kind of um um companies like like yours kind of approach those is it also a hybrid and and then my next question following that is that um um what is your experience right working with um startups any kind of advice <laughs> for how to best was was working with um big pharma in the generative ai space yeah so um i guess it depends on the use case and who is solving that um problem right um there could be a good startup who is actually have a solution that satisfy your need right um it depends in, on on that right um i mean i didn't had a personal experience working with any startup yet but that's how i feel it it's it's all depend upon the use case and then who has a solution for your use case um and and as long as it checks all the boxes of data security privacy concerns uh um obviously you want to have your legal and compliance team review all those things make sure all those boxes are checked um before you engage with them um but for me it all depends on the use case and then who is solving the problem with the obviously the the less investment yeah great great so i'm actually going to move on to another topic that's really kind of um uh, near and dear to my heart is that you know you have this really cautious um um pharma company right because i came from one this because we're dealing with patients we're we're saving lives and, and then we have you know the the traditional rfp process and what have you right and then now you have generative ai so how do you kind of as a innovation leader on the data side how do you kind of reconcile our traditional business model with like how do you like fast innovate so especially when you have a bigger team it makes it easier to allocate time and and so that they can explore um like like you say um explore and fail fast right and and move on uh but but then with if you have a smaller team that that's where the challenge is getting that bandwidth out from regular stuff and doing innovative stuff is is always a challenge one thing we have been uh, trying to do is like uh allocate uh some time on the fridays or other days um to see something what what else we could do that's outside our our normal um workflow um so that's the way we have been keeping it trying to see what else out there we can learn um and do the other thing i have been asking my team member as as myself is like go out and reach out to other cdos talk to other people to understand um what what you can learn from them and bring that back to this company That's great. That's great. So, how does your team take it, right? <laughs> so from, you know, from more of a traditional enterprise approach to now like, you know, two week agile approach. <laughs> yeah, we have been like we have been changing our model to agile uh, for for few years now um, because we're lean and mean team, we have to adopt that, right? Um so yeah, I don't see that an an, an issue. Um and with this generative AI, we are always The good thing is I have a, I have a great team with me who is always hungry to learn new stuff 
Um, so that helps me. So um, we always look out to learn from others and bring that back. That's great. That's great. Great tip. So um, we're going to move on to kind of, you know, the privacy and security responsible AI, right? So um, what do you kind of think the uh, when those challenges um, when adopting AI technology within the pharmaceutical industry? Yeah, so I, I mean, on the traditional AI side, um, we have been using that for a quite few years now, right? But most of the things have been designed um, in-house, so we didn't. We didn't run into those issues, but when we are evaluating to buy something from outside, we try to see if it can be implemented within a private network uh, or private cloud. Uh, try to protect our data um, because of all the regulations that this country has. Um, so we we definitely evaluate that, especially with generative AI, where things are needs to be very open. Um, we are cautiously taking our step how we can adopt that um, and what use case is beneficial without um, not impacting the privacy, the data privacy or any kind of uh, leaking out of the data. Um, our corporate organization in Germany, they uh, actually bought OpenAI model and customized it with all those guardless guardrails in between. Um, so that's one thing we have done, but anything new that we, when we engage with the vendor, we definitely make sure that everything is checked from a data security standpoint. That's great. I'm glad you mentioned about refining the large language models, right? So as you know, um, the, all the large language models on the market, including the ones from um, OpenAI have hallucination problems, right? So I'd love to hear your opinion. How, how do you feel about that and the right, what are the, your suggestions of approaching that? Yeah. So for us, it's not, not a big of a problem right now because we have not been like using that for major use cases within the organization. Like you said, some of this concern, because of some of this concern, we are taking baby steps. Um, so it's more of like um, asking generic questions, write a letter for me. So those kind of use cases still what has been used um, from a generative AI standpoint um, before we go far deep into implementing it for other use cases. Um, and that's that was one of the reasons also we are waiting for Tableau to come up with their own large language model and where they will take care of a lot of these uh, concerns um, so that we don't have to deal with all those things. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We wish, right? It's like, it's like, you know, large language model um, you know, who are developing those, it's like an arms race, right? You have right. everybody's developing their own large language models, even the, the startups, right? You know, you're talking about like hugging face or cohere. Anthropic. I mean, they they sucking hundreds of millions of dollars of investment, right? Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, when when it first came to the market, it was more of like let's make a buzz in the market, right? Um, but now, once people start using it, questioning the uh, the data privacy and data security, everybody is now taking a step back, trying to build those guardrails within the last language model as well. I I mean, recently I've been hearing a lot of the companies are coming up with last language model, which you can deploy in your cloud environment so that it's protected. Um, and at the same time, you get the benefits. Exactly. And also the generative AI space is moving into more of a smaller models, right? Solving specific yep. use cases. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's so much innovation there. It's very, very exciting to be in this space right now. 
for, for sure. I mean, I cannot agree anymore. Like you, you said, there's so many things going on on generative AI and it brings such a large value to the entire industry. Um, I would definitely encourage everybody to tap into it and see and find a use case that where they can use it. Yeah, I have one more question before the uh, sort of the big question <laughs> overall. <laughs> so, um, you know, the um, not just generative AI, right? AI um, in general, that pharma company have been complaining about sort of a, it's a black box, right? That's a one of the major concerns that in these AI solutions are black box. And how do you feel about this? How do you think like, you know, we can somehow bright, bring more transparency to these AI solutions? Yeah, one thing I think that will help is um, like maybe exposing what the AI is doing a little bit, not going into the technical details, letting them know like what are the variables being used in the model, right? And what is it is trying to predict? And the best thing that has worked for us is like showing the impact, right? <laughs> Some of the leaders would not care even if it's a bag, bag, black box, uh, if at all you can show them the impact. Hey, this is what I predicted and this is what we got as an outcome. And if the outcome is good, then the, the leaders on the top might not worry about, okay, I don't want to learn about your black box. You take care of your black box. As long as you're showing me an impact, I'm good with it. So yeah. <laughs> Totally, totally agree. And that's also why we had kind of, when we did our thing, we have to provide um, citations, right? This is kind of along the same line. We have to have right. guardrail, we have transparencies. So my last question, I promise, is that kind of how do you see the industry, right? You've been talking with your CDO colleagues and having internal discussions, experimentation, right? How do you see like sort of um, the pharmaceutical industry approach this responsible AI? And what are the challenges? What are the, the kind of the bright, spas like moving forward yeah like i was saying initially um it has been adapted on the r d side um trying to reduce the amount of time it takes to bring new drug to the market um it has been adapted on the clinical trial side as well um so a lot of on, on the life science as well this, this has been adapted very well uh, when it comes to commercial business on the healthcare side there's still some concerns how to use it on, in terms of the data and security, um, making sure all those guardrails are there. So that's why um, there's always that, let's stay, take a step back and think through, is this going to solve our problem without losing the data integrity or data privacy? So that's always on the table when there is new things that gets built on the AI. Um, trying to hash out all those concerns and move forward. But I have seen um, like AI or generative AI in general has been largely been used on the, on the R&D side. Well, thank you so much. I mean, this is such a <laughs> great topic, right? AI and generative AI. And it is really, thank you so much for a great discussion. Lots of insight. Really appreciate you joining us on today's Rush. Please visit cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you and sharing my experience.